You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 158 of Take a Bow. Yes, we are here on Tuesday, the first time we are doing multi-episodes a week. We're doing two episodes for the month of June, and from now on, you can come see new episodes on Tuesday and Friday. We are so excited for this, and we are kicking it off with an incredible guest. Um, you all, if you listen to this uh, you know, regularly and you come back, um, you all um, know that I love Camelot, and I am obsessed with this revival um, and the work that Philippa Sue and Jordan Donica and Andrew Burnap were doing in the show, and and even like Taylor Trent. The whole cast is just ridiculous, um, and we're gonna get some uh, some more on. But I was so excited to get the word that I was going to be able to chat with this wonderful guest this week. Yes, he is a 2023 this year Tony nominee um, for his role in in Camelot for best lead actor in a musical. Um, He is just incredible as Lancelot Dulac and um, the performance speaks for himself. We get to speak to Jordan Donica today and his story is just absolutely incredible. Um, We talk about his career and his story and everything that led up to Camelot. And I actually have a fun story time uh, that I will talk about after this interview about what was going on that day for, um, you know, in the recording process. It was kind of hilarious. So uh, stay tuned for that. And, um, you know, it it was a great time. So um, you all are going to fall in love with Jordan. But first, we got to talk about some Broadway news. Uh, I went to see Sweeney Todd. I'm so excited. Oh my God, you guys, it was so good. Sweeney Todd, I'm, I'm obsessed. It's like one of my new favorite musicals, I think. And let me tell you, this cast is like... Now, I, I say this a lot, I feel like, um, because I like supporting cast and performers and everyone who puts in the work that they're doing. Um, but like this cast, when I say this, like it's it's insane. This cast is just unbelievable. I mean, Josh Groban, I had my little skepticisms, I guess, on it. I was a little bit skeptical about him uh, because I wasn't in love with Great Comet um, when I saw it on Broadway. And I was just like, you know, how is this going to work? Sweeney Todd, I mean, it's literally one of the most historic roles on Broadway. And how is he going to fare in this show? Um but he was incredible. I mean, literally just absolutely incredible and pr- probably like the best performance I've seen in quite some time came from Annalie Ashford. I mean, her uh, portrayal of Mrs. Lovett is 
literally i could have like i wanted so much more i could have watched it for five hours and i wouldn't have even checked my phone or my watch or anything to see what time it was you know i would have just been like oh my god let me hear you sing the whole day and let me see you act this whole time uh she's just absolutely incredible i mean you you watch her and it it's just like from an actor's perspective, you see the work that was put into this character, the way that she walks, the way that she talks, the way that she has her little, um, you know, like, I don't know, the way she stands, like she has her little like ticks, I guess, as a performer and as if for her character that she's created. And it is just, she is phenomenal. And, and definitely, unfortunately for Michaela Diamond, who is my dear friend and have had on the podcast, um, I will be rooting for both of them. But I feel like Annalie Ashford has her just, just a little bit. Um, so we shall see how that plays out. It'll be very, very interesting, especially, you know, with the parade and Sweeney Todd being in the same category for revival. I definitely think it's between those two as much as I love Camelot. Um, but yeah, it's just so incredible. And everybody needs to go see this cast right now. This production is just to die for. Uh, Jordan Fisher, Gaten Matarazzo, Ruthie Ann Miles stole the show as, as supporting cast members. I mean, everyone was just holding their own, you know, no one outshined anybody. Um, but it just, they, everyone complimented everyone so well, but the performances were all just so top notch and just so incredible. The ensemble too, you know, it was just absolutely, I could go see it a million more times, but uh, it's an expensive one. And I know, but I promise you it's worth every single penny. It's so good. Um, okay. Speaking of a great show, uh, more great shows, Fat Ham announced that they will be uh, adding one more week of performances here on Broadway, which is super exciting. Uh, the production is now going to run through Sunday, July 2nd, which is super exciting. And tickets are on sale now for that additional week. So uh, go get your tickets and go see Fat Ham before it closes on Broadway. I definitely want to go see it. I've heard such great things about it. Uh, and I'm so thrilled that they will be adding an, another per a week of performances. That's huge. Um, and that's actually performing right now at the American Airlines Theater on Broadway. Broadway, which we saw in the news this week. Uh, the American Airlines Theater is going to be renamed to the Todd Haynes Theater. Uh, and for those of you who don't uh, remember or don't listen to the show every week, uh, Todd was the artistic director of Roundabout Theater for many, many decades, probably like 40 or 50. Uh, he is an iconic producer. He, What he's done for the theater and Broadway as a whole uh, is unlike anyone else i mean he's been a true um leader for the past decades um and we were so sad to see him go and i talked a little bit about it when his passing happened but now we got the news that we're going to be honoring him in possibly the biggest way possible and it's funny because you know todd would have just kind of scoffed at this honoring um and he would have been like no i don't deserve this and everything but i, I honestly can't think of anybody else who deserves this more so i'm so thrilled uh that we're gonna get this it's gonna be the hames theater um i love it i'm so excited for it and uh that'll probably be happening here in the next couple weeks so i'm very excited and congratulations because nobody deserves it more of the recent history here on broadway so uh shout out todd your legacy lives on 
Um, moving on, Waitress the Musical. Okay, so we talked about this last week in the episode with uh, Christine Dwyer and Matt DeAngelis, who is going to be in this, this pro shot. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Waitress is having a pro shot live here on Broadway. It's going to be uh, like they filmed it like Hamilton or Come From Away type of thing where they filmed it on stage. Uh, and we kind of got how they filmed it last week's episode. It was really cool uh, the way he described it all. Um, but yeah, so that's happening and it's going to be premiering at Tribeca Film Festival on Monday, June 12th. So literally next Monday. Um, and fortunately enough for those of you who can make it to Tribeca or didn't get a ticket or whatever it may have been, uh, they are going to be live broadcasting it uh, in Times Square, uh, which is so exciting. They're literally going to be doing it on the corner of 7th Avenue and 47th Street, Monday, June 12th at 7.30, the same time as like the real premiere of it at the festival and everything. Um, but they're going to be doing it on like this giant screen and they're going to have 300 seats, but it's going to be first come first serve. So if you are planning on going to see it, uh, get there early because you just don't know uh, if there's going to be a seat available. So uh, get your seats, make sure you see it. It is two and a half hours. You know, it's a Broadway show. So uh, it's going to be a long one. So uh, enjoy that. I Take advantage of it because I don't know if you're going to get a chance to see it for free again, uh, which it's just so exciting. I'm so excited for this. You all know that Waitress is literally if not my favorite musical, one of my favorite musicals. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm so excited next Monday. Be there. Um, all right. That's all I have for you folks this week. Um, I don't know if, uh, you all follow the take about Instagram. I announced the schedule for this week and what was happening. I also announced the guests for the whole month and the schedule along with that. Uh, and I didn't announce the last two weeks. I'm saving those announcements. They are ginormous, and I'm so excited to uh, be announcing them as soon as possible. Um, I have to finalize the second to last episode before I make the full announcement. So I'm very excited for that. Um, but this week, you know, Jordan Donica, and then Thursday, we're going to have the Tony talk with a special guest as always. Uh, and then next week, we're going to have Jesse Mueller, Javier Munoz. And then the following week, we have Alex Brightman and Matthew Broderick. So uh, we have an incredible lineup coming at you all. And I'm just so excited about it. And you all are going to want to stay tuned. So with that being said, we're going to kick it off the two time a week episode with the incredible and just so humble Jordan Donica. Jordan Donica. Curtain up. All right, everyone. Today's guest is a 2023 Tony nominee for Best Performance by an Actor in a Featured Role in a Musical for an Unforgettable Portrayal as Lancelot Duloc in the quote-unquote revival of Camelot. You may also know about this week's guest from shows such as Phantom of the Opera, Hamilton, My Fair Lady, and Into the Woods, amongst many other projects, both on stage and the screen. Today, it is my honor to welcome to Take a Bow, Jordan Donica. How are we doing, Jordan? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you, Eli? Oh, my God. I'm great. Happy to be here. Uh, this is super exciting for me. You're a Tony nominee now. How exciting is that? Wild. Yeah. It's not something, it's not something I uh, really ever imagined, but I'm, you know, I'm glad. Uh, I'm thankful for the um, recognition. Yeah. yeah. 
It's incredible. Um, yeah. So the way I usually like to to start these things out is just starting at the beginning and, and just talking about, you know, how how are we here? I mean, what inspired you to want to start entertaining others and telling stories and all the things? Well, uh, it was a hot summer day on yeah. July 4th <laughs> back in 1993 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, yeah, you know, I, um, I grew up around music. Um, I was born in Minnesota. I had a kind of transient, a bit of a transient lifestyle, just in terms of moving more than most people that I know. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a very solid, like home foundation in my relationship with my family. Uh, but I was raised with, uh, by a single mom. And I have a sister that's uh, nine and a half years older than me. And so we, my first memories are of Tennessee. Uh, before that, though, I was born in Minnesota and then uh, lived in Chicago. But um, my first memories are in Tennessee in a town called Franklin um, and Spring Hill. And um, yeah, I was there from basically 1994 five-ish to 2003 like the beginning of 2003 and um yeah it was a huge music town obviously so you know you're surrounded by music country music artists and things like that i went to school with miley cyrus and and her family and (laughs) all of them i didn't realize it i was watching hannah montana one day and i was like i loved hannah montana by the way oh my god and uh I was like, I feel like I know that girl. And I opened up my yearbook from back then. Sure enough, there it was. Or like one page, there's me. And then you turn the page and it's her. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of wild. Really? Um, that's crazy. Because her name wasn't Miley Cyrus, was it? No, no. And my name wasn't Jordan Donica. Well, actually, really? I, it had just changed because I was born Jordan Matthew Ball. But that oh. was my married name. My mom's maiden name is sure. Donica. So uh, it was changed oh, I when I was about three. So um uh yeah her name is uh destiny destiny hope oh my god but uh, i was like oh that's really cool what a what a cool thing to just track i'm sure she has no idea who i <laughs> even would be but uh but uh just uh you know that I, I say that to just say like that's the kind of energy that you were surrounded by yeah uh, at such a young age and my mom uh was an appreciator of the arts so you know i would go to the grand Ole opry we would go to concerts Aww. on the river we would uh, go see theater and so i was very aware that it was something that one could do for a living and um wow. uh yeah and then i you know she took me to see fiddler on the roof down in tennessee and i was just like whoa like these adults are watching these other adults play dress up <laughs> <laughs> real that's hilarious How silly is this but also cool because like i do this on right. the weekend so you're telling me i could do this and and avoid school <laughs> for sure no, it's never avoiding school but uh yeah so it just became like anything it just became something to do we moved to indiana when i was about eight and a half nine and uh, it was in the middle of a sports season and so there was no joining a team right away for me and mm. Uh, but theater, I was just like, well, I could do that. Cause I knew we would see Joseph and the amazing Technicolor dream code every year and at a community theater in Indianapolis. And I was like, well, there's kids in that. Like I could do that. And my right. family laughed and said, okay, you could try. And so my aunt took me to 
that audition. And I was like one of the only people there with just me, you know, I right. just walked and I didn't have a book or a, right. <laughs> that silliness. And yeah, um, it's kind of, kind of go from there. It was, uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. I, I was cast and I didn't expect to be cast, but it was fun. And, um, I just kind of every year was a part of the theater, whether it was on stage or, um, on the crew. Wow. And something I was interested in learning every little bit of storytelling. It's interesting. Theater kind of chose you, you know, kind of just like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. It was just like, it was so obviously like a path. Like, so I love to tell stories in general. I I love the theater of life itself. I always say my favorite thing is to like go out for a meal because I love the theater of dining, whether it's by myself (laughs) or with others. Amazing. Uh, um, it's just a fun people watching experience. Um, but uh, it's so true. Like everything that we do is very theatrical, you know, like any conversation that we have, it's all improvisation. You know, it's it, everything people watching, we become other people from what we've experienced, you know, exactly. It's, it's crazy how real life it is. Um, it's not just was right. <laughs> yeah. It's seriously, um, that's awesome. And then, so how did we get, how did we get to New York? How did we get to Broadway? I mean, what was that whole journey like for you? I first came to New York, Broadway became a thing, quote unquote, I guess in my head, just as, as far as like a, a measuring stick of theater itself. Uh, cause I also love history. So oh. just to know, know that musical theater as an art form is distinctly American. Yeah. Like, like it, uh, it's the evolution of many worldly art forms, but mm. the act of musical theater is something it's to me like baseball, like, like you sure. can't, you can't really separate it from, from, uh, it's evolution here in America and it's, it's Genesis. And so I think that's really cool. Um, you know, it has European roots obviously and worldly roots, but I think, that alone was something that was also very attractive and coming to New York as a kid, my mom uh, sent me with my aunt and told her to get it out of my system because she didn't know it's New York city. Right. And we grew up in Tennessee and Indiana. So it's like very different places. And but I came here and I felt very much at home as a little boy, like never felt like I was lost anywhere. I went in the city could navigate it pretty well on my own. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And um, 
so yeah so then it was literally just i would come here and like measure myself against what i was watching and just see because i was also training from a very young age um in dance classes and in voice lessons um because again i was also an athlete so it's like okay well if any of these things are an avenue i want to pursue into adulthood you have to train at all of those things right. so that's really all i did as a little as a child um just to stay busy and uh yeah theater kind of rattled out in the end and and uh yeah i i very much enjoy it and uh coming to new york was yeah like i said just the measuring stick i came when i was i chose the college i went to because they had an internship program senior year that gets you here a semester earlier and going to college was a big deal for my mom especially mm. um uh not she didn't like pressure me to go but like getting an education before diving into the entertainment world was something that she was very um conscious about and i was i'm glad because i if i had it my way like i would have just attacked it when i was you know in my teens right yeah she really did a good uh, did me a service i believe Mm -hmm. um because by the time I got here, like I was ready for all of it business wise. And since then, you know, I've been a business owner for seven years now. And, and, um, I don't just act, you know, I do, I, I, I produce and I direct as well. And, uh, and not just theater. So it's, so it's been, uh, because of that way of growing up of, I need different things to do. Right. Um, in life in order to kind of serve whatever the thing is that I'm doing just to have as many perspectives on something as possible. So yeah, coming to New York has been amazing. I I've been here for seven years since school. I, I booked Phantom of the Opera, um, yeah. <laughs> just before graduation and just started working and, uh, haven't really stopped. I, and it, I would say it worked out. You've had an incredible career. And, and it, I mean, still very early on. Uh, it's yeah. very exciting. Uh, it, Phantom, as you said, you know, Broadway debut. Talk to me mm-hmm. about what it was like, you know, you used it as a measuring stick. So to finally like be able to, to reach that point of the, you know, the highest kind of point, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. what, what, what was that like for you and coming to New York to perform with these legends? Uh, it was something that I, uh, not to be, you know, one way or the other about it, but I knew I was ready for it by the time. It yeah. Came. That's amazing. Um, and, but again, I think that's that consciousness of which I was raised and supported in my dreams and what I wanted so that I was as ready as I could be, um, stepping on the stage. You know, I felt yeah. no nerves. Oh no. I was just excited and happy to be there. And, um, and to, and I was soaking it all in, you know, like yeah. I felt very affirmed. Like I, I got to learn the show from Hal Prince and Jillian Lynn, um, and with Ali, oh Ewald, you know, like, so yeah, Allie. so it's like, oh, I love that woman. I what, love what, her so much. What an amazing human being. Um, oh. it was, and it was great because she had also never done the show and it was the first time in a long time that Phantom brought in two new leads at the same time, both of whom hadn't done the show. Usually right. if they brought in two new leads at the same time, one of them had a relationship to the show, mm-hmm. um, but not always. 
so so that was cool or they'll do like one at a time you know like i didn't even realize that yeah yeah so we got to kind of build our version of christine and Rao's relationship together which that has to help right yeah yeah it was affirming for me for my first time yeah uh working on broadway you know um because she's she's a veteran at this <laughs> and so i could watch how she operated but also bring myself to it and operate in the way that i like to work and it was very um symbiotic and oh. quick they allotted us three weeks to rehearse and we oh, wow. it all in a week and a half and they're <laughs> like hey well uh well <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so so it, it just it and it was it was just a joyous experience and a joyous um a joyous thing. I think it was a gift. Um, part of the reason I think why I attacked my career so hard out of the gate too, is because, um, I, I, my aunt Kathy helped to raise me. Um, Mm. and she, uh, like her and my mom, I always consider like my parents, you know, everyone had parent figures and it takes more than just two people to raise any one child or any one person. So, so, um, I, I often spent, I spent a lot of time with her and she was the reason I had access to a lot of these opportunities just in terms of time that people have to commit in order to, um, get to an audition, get to practice, fly to a college audition, visit New York and even see what it's about. Um, uh, and so like, I'm, I'm thankful that I did because she passed away, um, four years ago. And, uh, so she's got to see like all of these things, you know, before, right. before that time. And, and I'm just thankful for that, honestly, because yes, yeah, she was there when I first met David Lai, who's now my manager, who is a conductor at Phantom of the Opera. So it was wow. all, it's all very like, um, I don't know, energetically, I've always felt like I've been affirmed and on this path. Some people call it vocation, whatever you want to call it, but like, um, I've always felt comfortable in trusting that I'm where I'm supposed to be. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And now you can kind of share this experience with her and like through her for her, you know, type yeah, of thing. I, that's, that's what this whole experience has been about for me personally. I love that. Um, it, w- would you say it's fair to say that when you, you know, you make it to Broadway, right. And it's mm-hmm. almost like instinctively you just become a sponge, you know, especially working with Hal Prince and, and Ali and all of these wonderful people that you have around you. I mean, you're really working with the best of the best. Um, so I, I think from my experience, I guess, like it's just you, without even meaning to, you're trying to soak everything in. It's overwhelming as heck, but at the same time, you're trying to stay grateful and humble and all the things. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious, you know, because you've been doing theater for so long that like once you did make it to Broadway, was there anything that really kind of like stuck out with you uh, that you kind of were able to soak in and continue to carry with you throughout the rest of your career? Or was it kind of just like another thing just at a higher level? I would say there's a lot that I learned first. Yeah. I just had like memory hit. Did you do finding Neverland? Forgive me for, I did the party. I saw that show around the same time that all this was happening. So, oh, how fun. And I loved it. I, I saw it with Alfie Bo. Yes. Oh, my God. I loved it. I cried. I, I, I was so moved. I, was, I laughed. I was entertained. Yeah. 
it was it was great. The thing oh, that I learned is that theater is theater, no matter where you go. Performance, yeah. performance, no matter where you go, and storytelling is storytelling. The paycheck might be a little bit higher, but really, it, it's all it's all relative to where you're living in the first place. Yeah, um, especially doing a show like Phantom for me, I don't want to like. You know, everyone talks about that it's taboo to talk money, but it's like the only way to rise out of some people's stations in life is to talk money because they're not given access to the kinds of um, classes and education that other people are, or, or they don't come from families that generationally have that knowledge. So I've been thankful and lucky enough to have been raised by some great business women um, who, who, you know, have an understanding of their business enough to try to, to impart on me a uh, fundamental understanding of business in general, but I've, I've been blessed to have met some decent enough people in this business to help me as well. And part of that to me is open and honest dialogue about, about money. And, um, <laughs> so, you know, relatively speaking, that first contract for me, uh, when you look at it, it's like, for me, it was great at the time. Like, uh, cause I'm like always up, always up. And as long as the trajectory is up and it's all good absolutely, or, like, or it's the same, but like when you really look at it on paper, it's like <laughs> kind of highway robbery and, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, you know, shit like that. But I wasn't there for that, you know, sure. That's, that's not why I had that experience. I, and um, the things you learn are invaluable. You know, at Phantom, I learned, what it takes to be a part of a long running, the longest running Broadway show. Yeah. What like the thing that everybody's trying to become. Uh, and right. then I immediately got to do Hamilton, which was that, <laughs> that thing that Phantom was. The new wave. Exactly. Exactly. And I got to work with that whole creative team yeah. too. So I got to bring this, I was very conscious of the knowledge. That's what I've been thankful for. Like from college to Phantom, I was very conscious of what knowledge I had was using from college in my work at phantom then what I, everything i learned at phantom i was conscious of of bringing that into my work at uh, hamilton and it was just it was so helpful to remain even keeled throughout right. the process when things could get emotional or, and understand that like part of that is just growing pains of a company trying to figure out what has already been figured out by these people over here and right and every experience is going to be different. Um, and that was, that was cool to be a part of, you know, to both be given the freedom in a show like Hamilton to make it our own while being just on the edge of the people who come in and I don't, I, I, people always make it their own, but being the machine aspect of it, sure. like just before it was turned into the machine that it is. Um, so that was cool. Uh, and then I workshopped Frozen and and learned what it oh. takes to help, help build a show, you know, and help stitch it together and just try Absolutely. So, yeah, I've had a lot of these, like you said, all of these experiences that you just try to soak up information from. And, and then going into My Fair Lady and the reason I did My Fair Lady was because I wanted to watch people like Diana Rigg and Norbert Leo Butts and Harry and... Lauren, you know, like all of these juggernauts in my mind of, right. of that. Um, I wanted to just be in the room understanding like what my role in all of that was, but how can I learn from these people? And, um, you know, 
a lot of times when you say yes to things, it also means saying no to other opportunities that on paper are way more lucrative and, you know, oh, yes. might, <laughs> might, 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 it might bring more eyes or might whatever. But I think if you stay true to whatever your, your, it is for you. Uh, and for me, I, I, I like to be my biggest cr- critic. And so if yeah. I don't think I'm ready for something, then I'm not going to put myself out there for it because I've learned from, you know, putting myself out for stuff that I'm not actually ready for. Yeah. That, that never feel great. So. Which is probably the uh, hardest thing to do. It is no. the hardest thing to do. It is. But I, I feel affirmed again in that because I met a woman who was, was an amazing acting coach and friend for me. And oh. I got these amazing actors and then i made the transition into tv and film that i wanted to make but didn't feel confident enough to make right but then i watched and worked with all of these amazing actors and learned from them and you know went into that experience of charmed with that and i had done some guest spots other places too but you know every experience like you said you're, you're like a sponge and so now this experience has felt a lot like college to be honest with yeah. you yeah which is both a great, a great thing and a triggering thing and a right. yikes thing. Uh, but it, but it's a great, it's been a really um, wonderful culmination of four years of work. Uh, come on TV star. Come on series regular. No, <laughs> you're so cool. Um, no, it's so true. Like as actors, it's like every experience is like a humbling experience because it's like, there's so much to learn on every different project that you work on there, every story that you work on, every person that you are in a room with, like there are some yeah. incredible people in our community um, yeah. to just, you know, continue to soak and kind of honestly honor their legacy, you know, cause we just continue yeah. to work with, uh, you know, s- cool people, you know, and we can get to meet these people. Um, I'm curious, you know, cause you mentioned, uh, we're, fa- we were talking about fandom and then you mentioned Hamilton. So talking about Raul, like fellow Frenchman, you know, you were able to play Marquis de Lafayette, um, who like, honestly, a dream role of mine that I could never play, like has always <laughs> been up there. You know, like that is, I love it. David Diggs and like everything, Hamilton in general, like it's just a brilliant show. And, and yeah. Marquis de Lafayette is such a fun role. And Thomas Jefferson, I've yeah. always wanted to ask, like, I don't mean to like put you on the spot here and you don't have to answer oh, it, okay. but do you like, is, is one of, are one of those roles like more fun to play? Or like, are you able to like explore a little bit more with one or whatever it may be? Yeah, I mean, it, the, uh, they're both fun tracks to play because like I'm a, I love history and and right. a big part of my process as an actor is research. Yeah, um, some people you know take or leave that shit, but for me, especially because it's, we're talking about building a character. I, I like to bring something tangible. I've done a lot of period pieces, so I like to bring something tangible that I can connect to as my human self today from back then. So that also validates my existence today back then. Right. And so uh, because I know it's an inevitability that I'm going to come across some ignorant asshole, um, but we're, we, which, of which we all are. It yeah. just depends on the day. So <laughs> real. <laughs> so yeah. So so um I uh you know, that was what was cool about playing those roles. I, I found a lot of fun in their connection as actual friends yeah. in real life. You don't get to see them interact with the fact that the same actor gets to play 
two people who were friends in real life. Yeah. Like makes playing them make more sense. You know, one is French and then the other one is a guy who wishes that he was French a little bit. Right. But, but, um, I would say, uh, from a paper standpoint, playing Thomas Jefferson was more fun because it's a more fleshed out character on the page. Okay. Uh, Marquis de Lafayette. I don't want to say he's underwritten because he is by no means underwritten, but what his, what his, um, what he serves in terms of the story of the first act is just not as, you know, it's more a young man at war. Than yeah. It is the, the, the mind of, of Thomas Jefferson, you know, right. Um, I've always wondered because there's always there's so much to play with because you know Thomas Jefferson is like the cocky arrogant guy you know and that's the way of looking at it yeah 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 yeah, I mean yeah in a way like I guess not always you know but I don't know that's how he's perceived though yeah exactly and then you have Marquis de Lafayette with the accent and the fun raps and all of that like there Mm -hmm. there's just very different uh you know characters that you have to play in a matter of two and a half hours It's, it's pretty cool yeah, for me, there, there was letters that they wrote back and forth to each other. And oh, wow. th- that, that was something that locked me into that transition. Because no like it'll, I would say it takes me about three months with something before I really start settling into it and feel like I've had my, like I'm starting to build a character really. Yeah. Um, and that was something that I found because um, I'll keep researching as I'm doing a show, not just after sure. We opened and as we were in San Francisco, I found these letters between the two of them debating or not even it wasn't even a debate. It was just talking about the horrendous nature of America and its founding and its inception. uh, Wow. And um, it was like the one aspect that Marquis de Lafayette didn't like. He said that he it was the stain of America because he only visited one time after the war and he came through and, and visited with Thomas Jefferson and everything. And then in their correspondence with each other, he shamed Thomas Jefferson for the enslavement of the African people. And, um, Thomas Jefferson, funny enough, agreed with him. And, uh, and then, you know, his, his, I don't like to talk about this aspect of Thomas Jefferson because people don't often talk about this, especially when we, talk about the founding fathers and the country that they ideally wanted to build, which mm. Tom Jefferson based a lot of his ideas off of the story of Camelot mm. and uh, which was a French tale. Never heard of Camelot. What is that? No, yeah. <laughs> right. But it was, it was a relatively, it was a newer French tale back then. Right. Yeah. So, and he, and he was the ambassador to France. So, right. and he spent uh, half of his life over there. So, writing the declaration of independence with the, a lot of these ideals that are found in the story of Camelot that are found in, in French society and the evolution of democracy. Thomas Jefferson agreed that step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything. Now you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, that he he didn't see that he didn't see a way that America could really thrive as the country that they wanted it to be when one group of people would, had enslaved another, even if those people became free. Um, that interesting. Yeah, he just thought it was too big of an original sin to really overcome. And I look at where we're at today and it's like, it certainly feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but And there was other things that he wrote in, in, in those essays that I just found fascinating. But, you know, um, the, the biggest thing that I locked into for him as a character was the fact that this dude uh, had migraines. And wow. what is he really, when we think about it, what is he really famous for writing a couple really great essays that were like two and a half pages long? Right. Like, we, we did that how many times in high school? Like, right. Real. Oh my God. Doing it now and in college. how many of us like bullshitted our way through that. Right. And people were like, oh, this is great. A plus. Right. So, oh. Oh my God. Let's just take a time out. You're coming for me, Jordan. What do you say? You're coming no, for I'm, me. I'm right coming now. for myself. I'm, I'm exposing myself. I'm, I would even bring other people into this. <laughs> Hilarious. But, uh, you know, and so so when you look at it from that real perspective, and then you find the tragedy that he went through in his life and losing his the love of his life so young, uh, having clearly having alcoholic tendencies. Yeah. Uh, and then just kind of not wanting to do anything. And he suffered from migraines. So then it's like, all right, well, that's easy. That's all. I got all that. Like, this is a dude who the fun for my Thomas Jefferson comes from the need to run away from pain. And so when someone like Hamilton makes him actually have to think and actually have to work and actually literally is his headache, mm. then conflict is easy because it's like, Oh, I just dropped you because <laughs> it's good. like, you know, conflict is just apparent because you have this dude who's always working to try to make things better versus a guy who I did my thing. We're good. Like, I know it's shit, but like, there's not really much more we can do, which are sentiments that you can find in his own writings. Yeah. Which is a gift as an actor, you know, if you get to play a real person. The more I learn about Hamilton and the more I hear about Hamilton and everything of the stories of the, our history of the, the country and, and the United States in general, I feel like it, there's like 17 branches of, of Hamilton musicals that could be created and beyond like Hamilton, just like now called Thomas Jefferson and all these things. Like, it's crazy. Well, it's funny um, you said that because at a ham for ham, I was asked the question and my first response was, well, in my musical, Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> my that's, God. that's, you know, as characters, we're all the lead in our own play. So absolutely. Yeah. I can't Gotta think be. I'm a friend. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious that's kind of awesome though um 
We got to talk Camelot. Huge fan of Camelot, first of all. Um, I saw you guys at opening night. I was there at the red carpet talking to you, and you are just uh, a treat. You know, I could talk to you forever. Uh, And your performance, I was able to see after opening, is just even more spectacular and more of a treat. Um, I'm obsessed with it. So now, and you rightfully so got recognized for your performance in the show. Um, Talk to me about this show and how this kind of came about, because you've been with the show now since 2019 at the gala production starting opposite of Lynn well, which is pretty cool, which yeah. did Hamilton and everything. So um, talk to me about this whole process and, and kind of like where we are today with it. Uh, man, it's been a journey. Uh, yeah. I got it. I left my fair lady. I did. I opted not to renew my contract because I wanted to spend more time with my family. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to get involved in TV and film and what i've learned about that world is that you kind of you have to commit to being available for them uh-huh. uh, whereas like in theater like it's you know it's a huge time commitment and tv and film people aren't as interested in you if they know that they can't have you whenever they want you which is you know now now there's no writer strike so no one no one wants anyone but uh, <laughs> right. there's a writer okay so uh and sag's about to go on strike too so really it's like oh geez um yeah. thank god we're in the theater but uh <laughs> But uh, it was, uh, I got a call. I was sitting at Chelsea for an uh, audition and I got a call from Bart and he asked me what I was doing. And I told him and I was meant to go out to, I was going out to LA for a couple of weeks to do some writing. And wow. uh, he was like, do you want to do Camelot with Lynn and Saleya? And I was like, sure. I'm not going to say no to that. Like, <laughs> don't pull my arm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't even, yeah, like no questions asked. Wow. Bart. Bart and Lynn and Saleh Pfeiffer. Yeah, of course. Um, and so I just saw it as an oppor- a great opportunity to work with Bart at a deeper capacity on a uh, capacity on a character that was uh, different and more involved than one such as Freddie. Yeah. And um, that was a great two weeks. And I thought that that's what it was really all it was going to be. Bart did ask mm-hmm. if I thought the show had potential for a revival. And I said, yeah, just have to, like, you know, yeah, of course. Right. It's great material. Um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of, wow. I got called in to do the workshops from the time we started doing readings of them back in August of 21. And, um, yeah. So that was really when you started with the show at the gala performance, there was nothing before that. It kind of just started there and then worked its way to the revival. It was the gala performance. And then I got a call from Bart saying that they wanted to do, uh, they're rewriting the script with Aaron Sorkin and they wanted to read it. Unreal. And this was August of 2021. And, oh, so uh, like during the pandemic? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the pandemic hit in 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah. March. So it, was, it was August of 2021. Um, oh. Yeah. So I was flying back and forth between, like, as soon as the border opened up, basically, they asked. And wow. Um, yeah. I was flying from Canada to here because I was filming in Vancouver at the time. And right. uh, yeah, so we just, we did readings after reading, after reading, after reading at the, the first couple of music. And yeah, here we are. Uh, um, it's been a wild experience. It's been, a, again, a great learning experience. Like I said, I, I write myself. And so to learn from Aaron Sorkin, I haven't seen a lot of his movies. I've seen The Social Network and... Um, What's that Oakland days one? I forget the name of it, but um, oh, yeah, I forget the name. <laughs> but uh, Moneyball, Moneyball. That's the oh, one. Uh, oh my god, I didn't even realize. 
but uh, so to get to work with him and see how he operates draft to draft to draft um, was that was for me of this uh, the huge blessing and doing yeah. learning the style of the piece which is very French and Parisian and, um, it's uh, it's been a, a great thrill and a great joy and a, again a way to connect to my aunt Kathy and oh. connect you know a lot has I've changed so much since the time we started on this show four years ago to now um, and to bring that to the character and to be working on a character for this long is not something I've ever done so mm. it's um, it's, it's just a it's a blessing and then when I got nominated all I wanted to do really was keep working and yeah keep growing and keep uh, finding more with my amazing castmates in Andrew and Philippa because they are phenomenal. Oh my God. um, They crazily didn't get nominated, which makes no sense to me. I haven't seen the other shows, but it's twice Pippa snubbed. That that to me though is the perfect example of what I always say, which is why I don't like awards. Yeah. Like that shit's stupid and dumb. Like, not like this is not sport you can't doesn't define you everyone can't like sit down and watch every performance and feel the exact same way right in sports you're either gonna win or you're gonna lose yeah very obvious who on that day is the better is the better opponent yeah Uh, this uh, this uh I, I, I understand awards for artistic achievement when it comes to like a lifetime and shit like that Mm. but you know, I, I would rather celebrate the people that made their debuts. And yes. I said that to cast the other day. I, I was like, "How? there's 12 people who have never done this before. And you're part of uh, a Tony nominated show. Like, that's rare. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 that's really cool. Like, we should all we should all celebrate that and, and bring that energy. Absolutely. Uh, every, every day. But it's exactly why words like that. They're, they're stupid it's we all understand why they <laughs> for commercial gain and artificial inflation of of ego and money but um, and money it all comes down to money the business yeah. yeah exactly um but you know look at shows like wicked look at shows like phantom yeah. those were not highly lauded and yet right here they stand well stood yeah. um but uh yeah you know it's it's been a it's been a blessing and uh in terms of learning, I, I got to learn in this experience from a man named B.H. Barry, who is yes. uh, a master at what he does and the inventor, really, of, of fight direction in the theater and in film. So to kind of not not all film, but like in theater specifically, uh, you know, he's uh, he's a brilliant man. And he called this his swan song. So oh. to be able to to um, do his work on stage along with our co-fight director, Brad, you know, to mm-hmm. represent them uh, through my character feels really good. Amazing. Feels real good. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, wow. It, it's incredible. Everyone go see Camelot. I know it, awards are, you know, you know, they're, they're there. Um, but I do mean this in the best way. Like I, congratulations for the recognition because you really do deserve some recognition for this performance and in this show. Um, I loved Camelot. I recommended everyone to go see it when I saw it. Uh, and I'm going to do it again. Everyone go see Camelot, go see Jordan. Uh, thank All you right. so much. 
much for doing this. Thank it was you, an honor. I appreciate it. No, they to fine. talk I to you and meet it. you again in person and do this all again. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely. incredible, man. You're an inspiration for sure. As are you. You're a, just an incredible performer and everything you stand for and coming on here today, go, knowing a little bit more about you now as a human uh, and not as a bunch of different characters uh, has been really cool. So uh, it was a pleasure to get to know more about you. Uh, I appreciate your time and you have so much to take a bow for. Take a bow, Jordan Donica. Oh my God. Okay, story time. So uh, Jordan and I literally, we allotted 30 minutes because of this craziness schedule that he's going on um, with the Tony Awards and obviously performances as well um, and everything that's going on with that. So uh, with that being said, we allotted 30 minutes uh, of out of our schedule to, to chat and, and to talk about all the things. So um, we logged on and... We found out that like he didn't have his computer, so he wasn't able to use what we were originally doing. So then we took up 15 minutes right there, um, and we had to set reset it all up, and we had to go to Zoom and all of this nonsense. And then uh, we we got on, and he was just like, we we kind of got distracted and lost in conversation because he was like. Oh, I saw you in Finding Neverland. Like, and I was like, what? Like, that's crazy. And, and we kind of talked about it on the podcast and everything. And so, uh, you know, we were just kind of, it was our first time, like, I guess, like actually talking to each other. Cause it wasn't our first time meeting. Cause we met at the opening night of Camelot, uh, which I covered. Um, and that's up on YouTube, but it was like, Oh, like what's going on? Like, tell what's going How, what is this? Like, tell me about it all. And he was just so sweet and everything. And then I was like, wait, we need to like, actually record and get like content and then uh we started and it was just like it was craziness and it, it the connection was weird and he was on his phone and it was just like oh boy so uh it's not the the all-time take about episode that you know you may all expect it's what i expect every week you know a uh, good quality content uh to share with you all some to entertain you all um and i apologize for that some of that was a lot of that actually was all out of my hands. Um, so uh, I'm sorry in advance. Uh, but uh, you know what? He, we did talk afterwards. And um, he, he did allot me a little bit more time. We went over our time that we had uh, agreed upon due to, you know, the, the delay and everything like that, which I was grateful for. And we got 30 minutes, but we didn't get enough uh, Camelot talk. We didn't get enough Pippa Sue talk. We, we I had all of these, uh, you know, I was very excited to ask a lot of these questions and, and more of that. I don't want to like talk about it right now because he agreed to come back on and we're going to talk a little bit more about his career and um, his journey through Camelot and everything like that. Um, but uh, as you could probably tell, we kind of left abruptly and everything like that. So uh, just a little story time to explain to you all what happened, what's going on and, and zoom only like you have a timer on zoom and then that like literally zoom, like quit on us and because of the timer but he wasn't able to log back on because he had a run and so it was just it was one thing after the other but uh you know what we're gonna do it again and we're gonna do uh more talk and it's gonna be awesome and what we did get i was very uh very excited about and interested in and so hopefully you all found the same but if you are a fan of him through camelot um i'm sorry we didn't get enough of that chat in but we are gonna be doing more of it so stay tuned for that uh so thrilled to have 
have him on. And uh, thank you, Jordan, for fitting me into your schedule and, and willing to come on. So uh, congrats to you on the Tony nomination and what he had to say about the awards and everything. It was fascinating and so true. Um, you know, what I wanted to tell him that, like, it's really cool to see both him and like Josh Groban, even, uh, you know, some of those deeper voices being recognized for their work because, um, you know, oftentimes like nowadays we're not seeing a lot of baritone on Broadway and we're seeing a lot of tenors on Broadway. And if you're not like a, if you can't play like a 16 year old who's hitting like high C's, thanks Ben Platt. Uh, but no shade, like it's great. Cause you're phenomenal and the people that can do it are, are just so gifted and phenomenal. Um, but you know, not everyone has that ability and that's a very certain person and performer and uh, artist. So um, I was excited to see more of that kind of being recognized this season. Uh, We have a little bit of everything being recognized this season. So I thought that was very, very cool um, and very, very uh, exciting to, to see for the future. So again, Thank you so much, Jordan, for coming on. Thank you to all of you who came and enjoyed this episode and uh, listened to this episode this week. And uh, we have another one coming out Friday. I'm seeing Shucked the Musical today, Tuesday, June 6th. Uh, Very excited for it. I will have my review maybe posted, maybe just here on the podcast on Friday. But uh, I'll keep you all updated. And I'm just super excited to see it. It's going to be the last one uh, of the season that I needed to see for like best revival uh, for the musicals that is uh for best revival and best new musical so i'm very excited that uh, i'll be able to watch them all and do my proper tony preview um and then with plays and everything i didn't get to see them all but hopefully i don't know i'll make my best guess uh anyways that's all i have for you folks this week thanks again for tuning in uh i can't wait to see you all friday uh i don't have to say see you next week i will see you all friday and uh you know go go watch some theater enjoy the the tonys if you aren't able to listen to friday's episode before the tonys enjoy it all and i will see you all very soon bye everyone have a great week For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Lauren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Griner? And our final bow are extra special to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's Curtain Call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.